The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Welcome to Medianomics, a show about finances, economy, the stock markets, money, all your material possessions, and Our Lady. What? A lot of people have trouble with this. Not a lot, a few people. People who listen and open their heart realize. Everything's connected to it. If you were taken and placed on the earth from this age today, back 3,000 years ago, anywhere across the earth, and you ran into a shepherd or someone that you could communicate to, and you explained to them the world you came from, yeah, I've even had some pictures in your wallet. You could show them different things, maybe. And they saw all these things in these cars and these telephones and the buildings and the systems and the trains, the ships, and just what's inside of a house. 
the gadgets, the things, the decor, the carpet, the furnishings, the stoves. What do you think they would think? What do you think they'd ask you? If you're a non-believer and they ask you, what, where did these things come from? That's the big question. Is where did it come from? We had a guy here from the Bronx years ago. And he saw a baby deer that was in our backyard. And he said, what does it eat? We said, milk. He said, where does he get it from? From the trees? And then he thought it was a horse. He referred to it as a little horse. He'd never seen a baby deer. Of course, we was amused at that. Just like a person being thrown back 3,000 years ago trying to explain today what's going on. They couldn't relate to it. Later, we saw a cow. We said, well, we're going to eat this one. He goes, gross. You're going to eat that? We said, yeah. He said, where do you think steaks come from? From the grocery store. So you tell this guy 3,000 years ago, where did all this stuff come from? That's the big question I ask you. Where does it all come from? From money? We like the guy in the Bronx? Well, I don't know. It just, it's just, I bought it. I bought it at the store. Where'd your radio come from? The store? Where's the car come from? Ford? Chevrolet? Really? Well, the man 3,000 years ago in wisdom would sit there and say, well, where did it come from? Outer space then? He's seeing a raw earth. He's seeing creation. He's seeing nature. And so maybe we may be amused at somebody not even realizing where states come from, but do you know where your blender came from? Your cell phone. We could say, oh, yeah, the earth. You could say, yeah. No, 3,000 years ago, it laid in the soil. Everything extracted, rather, perhaps it should be said, everything you have materially has been extracted from the earth. Who made the earth? God did. So that means what you have, those things in your that surround you, all the goods that you have is owned by God, not you. And you have responsibility not to worship it and love stuff. You don't own it. God does. And now it's our God. It appeared because I made the money. I bought the boat. You did? How amusing. What do you think God thinks about that attitude? And yet the church is guilty of that. The church is very guilty of that. We're not being taught that God owns everything. And we extracted it from what he's provided. And we no longer recognize that. One of the things Christians should do in the current economic crisis is to get out of debt, says Lauren Jackson, president of the Canadian National Christian Foundation. 
Government efforts to stimulate the economy by making it easier to borrow are only going to make things worse in the long run, since that is what got us into the problem in the first place, he argues, noting that the combined government, business, and individual debt in the U.S. is $32 trillion, several times the amount of money in circulation. The average American's credit card debt is $8,000, and the majority of people have more liabilities than assets. Churches should be teaching, says Jackson. The Bible talks more about money and possessions than any other subject. Yet Jackson was in three churches recently where the people in the pews were worried about losing their jobs and investments. Yet nothing was said from the pulpit, which, says Jackson, is one reason people think the church is irrelevant. Many pastors lack experience and expertise in financial matters or are afraid of looking like they are just trying to raise money, says Jackson. If that is the case, they should call in financial advisors, such as those affiliated with the CNCF, to do the teaching. Christians need teaching on the subject because they buy the same cars and live the same lifestyle as non-Christians. But every financial decision is a spiritual decision, says Jackson. If God owns everything, before every financial decision, people need to be taught to ask, Is this going to help me draw closer to the Lord and enable me to give more and bless people? Churches should impress on their members that their economic lives are one of the most important ways we tell people how we serve God, says Elwell Bukes, professor of economics at King's University College in Edmonton. There is nothing wrong with being rich and successful. Since Abraham was rich and blessed, he says, but our actions as consumers, workers, business people, and civil servants should contribute to an economy that serves life. In the Bible, God repeatedly tells people to serve me in the way you eat, drink, care for your fields and flocks, and care for one another. It is important for churches to talk about variety of spiritual issues, says Karsten Hennings, assistant professor of business administration at Tundale University College and Seminary in Toronto. One of them is self-worth. What makes me valuable if I lose my job? It is important for the church to stand in the gap and supply people's psychological and physical needs, says Paul Rowe. In previous recessions, it is the church stepping in that has made the difference for a lot of people. But while the church has often taken on more of a social role during tough economic times and certain church institutions have expanded, Rose says it's also important for churches to ensure that they do not lose their fundamental moral and spiritual role either. Teaching on economic issues may require significant changes, suggested Joe Gunn, Director of Citizens for Public Justice. Churches have been part of the problem. Our church parking lots look like a Walmart parking lot two hours later. Rose says there is a strong materialistic strand in American Christianity, and the prosperity gospel has helped fuel the overconsumption that created the economic crisis. That's what misnomics is about. That's why we have this show. 
The church is irrelevant. When you have people sitting in the pew, wondering what they're going to do, how they're going to work, and they're talking about something completely opposite. Oh, we can't touch finances. We can't touch markets. We can't talk about these things. We can't talk about silver. So what the church to the membership becomes irrelevant. It doesn't address it. And yet, God owns everything. And everything you have has been purchased through what? Through money, silver, gold, your labor. I had one person tell me, this has no business in the Medjugorje movement. Of course, my first response is, I'm not part of a movement. I'm part of a phenomenon that's once duplicated only before when Christ was here. Something similar. This is Mary's time. And if they were to think with this mentality that we're not to talk about money, we're not to teach about this, that's exactly the problem. And the church can't step in and help today because it's in debt. The church needs to repent. It has failed. Well, five years from now, but we'll be too late. We have bishops writing now, right now, things that we were saying 10 years ago, five years ago. We were begging them to get into it. Thank God they're finally doing it, but they're damn sure day late. Why? Because it's too late. The law's in the law. Prophetic things are giving to make decisions in the present, not to forecast the future. Go back in the writings. Go look, look what happened while I was sleeping. Arthur, probably five years ago. Five years ago, They foretold these things. And the bishop's now addressing it. Thank God they are. But again, it's too late. Anthony B. Taylor, bishop of Little Rock. Another bishop in Miami. Put out another letter. Same letter, really. Most Reverend Thomas Winsky, Archbishop of Miami. Thank God they're doing it. But what took so long? Listen to the people, especially those in the Medjugorje phenomenon. Well, no, not everybody in the Medjugorje phenomenon is for Medjugorje. We got resistance. That's who resists us. It's not really the people. The people are in debt. It makes it relevant for them. They're sitting in the pews. They're hearing us. Yeah, thank God you're wrong. Thank God you're talking about these issues. The bishops start off saying, I write to you concerning an alarming matter that strikes at the fundamental right to religious liberty of all citizens of any faith. The federal government, our bishops are speaking about the federal government, finally, thank God, has just dealt a heavy blow to almost a quarter of those people and the Catholic population and to millions of more who serve by the Catholic faithful. What's that about? It's about the U.S. Health Department who now has new rules requiring health care to cover sterilization. You can't opt out, conscientious objection, or religious objection to Catholic hospitals, which sprinkled along with Protestant hospitals all across this land. The bishop goes on and says, this is a direct attack on religion and our First Amendment rights. Wow. The bishop's saying this? It was written years ago. We've been talking about it years ago. We talked about the modern age, how fast it moves. We said, well, the church is real slow. We can't be in the medieval ages and wait a century to prove things. What to be proved has already gone by. 
That's why God has an approved Medjugorje. He don't want it to be tied up in bureaucracy and slowness and slothfulness like a sloth moving in the jungle. I'm not criticizing our priests or our bishops. I'm criticizing that something needs to change. Actually, I'm not criticizing. I'm calling for something needs to change. We can't be a dime short and a day late anymore. No more time. Thankfully, the bishop writes, this is a direct attack on religion and our First Amendment rights. Well, you didn't hear that before. But you can read, look what happened when you sleeping five years ago. The thought process was there. Something, you know, things written in the 90s was saying it. And other people, too, were saying it. Not many people in the Medjugorje phenomenon because they wanted to say pray fast, penance. That's to get you thinking. That's to give you a new mentality. That's to you get to see we are being attacked on our First Amendment rights. If, in doing so, our government has cast aside the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, denying to Catholics our nation first and most fundamental freedoms that the religious liberty gives. And as a result, unless the rule is overturned, we Catholics will be compelled and must be prepared to either violate our conscience, which we're not permitted as Christians to do, I'm adding that part, the bishop goes on, or to drop health coverage of our employees, suffer the penalties for doing so. The administration's sole concession, this is Obama, that, you know, let's say it. Say it, Bishop, it's Obama administration, just say it. They're the ones that birthed this whole thing. They're for it. They're for getting rid of DOMA, Defense of Religious Mar Marriage Act, marriage between one man and woman. They're getting, he wants it gone, the president, immorally, a reprobate. Pretty sure you can't talk about that. The man is a reprobate. He's a pagan. He can say he's a Christian all he wants to. He's the one who says we're not a Christian nation anymore. And he's determined to make rules and decisions for that to be. Let's just say it. Are you scared too? Are you scared as a Catholic, a Christian, to say it? Oh, I don't mean it against this. Well, just go do research on what he wants to do about marriage. And the kind of families he wants to make out of what kind of genders they can be. This will destroy us. The administration's sole concession was to give our institutions one year to comply. What Archbishop Dolan of New York correctly describes as a year to figure out how to violate our consciences. The bishop goes on and says, We cannot, dash, will not, dash, comply with this unjust law. Hooray! Horrific! Lead us, bishops. Let's go to the streets. There are times we can do that. Jesus went in the temple and did it. He goes on and says, People of faith cannot be made second-class citizens. We are already joined by our brothers of all faiths and many other good wills, goodwill of goodwill, this important effort to regain our religious freedom. In generations past, the church has always been able to count the faithful to stand up and protect her sacred rights and duties. I hope and trust she can count on this generation of Catholics to do the same. What do you think our lady's trying to do? To be passive Christians? Sometimes they're supposed to fight. Jesus became indignant. 
There were times he was angry. And this doesn't make you angry? That they want to redefine what kind of what marriage can be? They want to teach your fourth grade children this in school? Underneath your nose and tell you not tell them not to go home and discuss it with the parents? They're doing this. Check out your own public screw. You think Oakland, California is having the problems right now with the, the riots and the city hall being tore up? They brought judgment on themselves. Go back and message almost a year ago and see. I said these things. No, I didn't say these things. The scripture says these things. I echoed what scripture says. That they had determined that they were going to put in their school textbooks abomination and teach these kids they can be abominable in their lifestyle. Kids, grammar school kids, children, but our millstone be thrown around their neck. They have no protection. Oakland's having a lot of problems. It's directly related to sin and the promotion of it and the defense of it. And so we wonder why we have problems. And God bless this bishop. God bless the Bishop of Miami and the other bishops and Dolan and who's ever getting on top of this. Thank God. Look what happened where I sleep and goes in this. If you can download this. If you, if you don't have the money, we'll send it to you free. The purpose of it was to move mentalities and thank God enough of this pebble of look what happened while you're sleeping is dropped in the pond, just rippling out that now it's affecting thought. Because in that, when the bishop says, we cannot, we will not comply with this law. He says, unjust. I dropped that because, but I, I just want to make it real clear. We cannot, we will not comply with this unjust law. The Declar- Manhattan Declaration declared that a couple years ago. One of the major prayers on the Manhattan Declaration, which is thousands and thousands of people like James Dobson and people of of note, Chuck Colson and people of note, uh, some of our Catholic bishops, have signed this declaration. And at the end of it, they say, we will stand up. Okay, that's two years ago. But we're too slow. And if you go on that site, the third thing there is a prayer to heal a land. We wrote 19, I wrote it 1993. Above all the bishops and the signatures, everybody, it's there. Why? Because it's made up and was written to Our Lady. It's modified for everybody, all, all Christians, but it's there. Because what Our Lady says and what she inspires is strong and is powerful. And so look what happened while he's sleeping. Speaks about the law, not to obey it. To defy it. You're obligated as a Christian to defy it. They can make laws all they want to. But just like this bishop says, who is totally injustice saying what he's saying, we cannot, we will not comply with this law. Why? He says unjust law. Basically, though, in truth, it's a law against nature. You do not have to obey any law against nature. No nation on earth, no government, no council, no local board, nowhere in the world can pass a law against natural law and obligate any of its citizenry to obey it. You do not have to obey any laws against nature. So when they pass a law saying... They're going to redefine marriage. You can defy that. In fact, as a Christian, you're obligated to defy it, and you're obligated to fight it. So what's this got to do with financing? Everything. What's it got to do with money? Every single thing. If God owns everything, this has part of it. 
And why are we failing? Why are we lost? Why are we losing? The Sabbath, we haven't lived it. It's a dead commerce for us, pleasure, entertainment. I've hit this the last four or five weeks. I'm going to continue. The Sabbath has to be lived. The Lord's Day, you can't go out. You can't go shopping. You can't go to the movies. You can't do these things. You say, whoa, God sounds restrictive. No, you can enjoy life. You can have beauty. You can have joy. You can have richness. You can have security. You can live a day of the week that you could never experience if you lived it. It's not a bunch of can'ts. It's a bunch of having. You want to have something? It doesn't come through materialism. Simplify your life. Learn what the Lord's Day is about. And these bishops should be contacted. They should be fortified. They should be thanked. And you've got to study. Look what happened when you're sleeping. It's a book of study. It goes through all this about the laws. And there'll be a time that if we don't stand, there'll be no time ability to stand. Frank? Yeah, how can it be that the government of the greatest Christian nation that ever was is telling you and I that we have to commit mortal sin in order to provide health care and in order to own health care, that we have to participate in something that our church has told us for 2,000 years is intrinsically evil. How can this be? How can you want to make me accomplice in unspeakable crimes against the unborn? This is what you call reproductive rights. This is what we call murder and intrinsically evil. We have an entity in the United States called the Federal Reserve. They have a federal chairman, a Fed chairman, that announces monetary policy. But he's not part of the federal government. They're not part of the federal government. Their purpose is for profit. Their own statements, you can read what these families that own these central banks, ours is called the Federal Reserve, their statements say that they care little what government is in power. Whoever controls the monetary system makes the laws. They control the monetary system, and they make the laws. So when people call me and ask because they're convicted by what they hear on Metronomics, a lot of the people lately, because they hear the readings of Sunday Mass last Sunday, God will send us a Moses, a prophet, to lead us out of this slavery and this abhorrent time where you want to make me an accomplice in your crimes. And they know by your witness and by your work and by your writings that a prophet in our time would point out to us, this is her time. God is sending his mother. The refuge is in her immaculate heart. If you want refuge, if you want peace, the immaculate heart of Mary is our only hope. The Blessed Virgin is the answer to immorality. And so the answers to these things are in the writings, all the writings, but particularly, look what happened while you're sleeping, and it ain't going to happen. This is a time of decision, as you told us last week. This is a time to decide. Do you want infinite Federal Reserve paper, or do you want finite silver with our Queen Mother, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Oh, Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us. 
we have recourse to thee. 624. We can't, we have to stop serving mammon. And these monetary systems and these banking cartels and give the Lord back his day and make Mary our queen all that we have, all that we are, and all that we wish to be. You say it every day. Into your immaculate hands. No longer do they, the Fundamentagoria and the community of Caritas, by their life's witness, have ambitions other than Our Lady's intentions. They've laid down their life for us. If today you hear God's voice, harden not your heart. Those were the readings this Sunday. We're there. In fact, Job says, if they serve him obediently, they will end their days in prosperity and their years in happiness. Our Lady wants us to be in joy. And we've changed that to a prosperity doctrine instead of letting God bless us because we live in righteous and not chase money, chase things and stuff and love of stuff. Let God prosper us. Now, as a tree we have to grow, is our life, our witness of seeking God's kingdom first, and then he'll provide the prosperity. But everybody's in debt. And when you go in debt, you're seeking something, most of the time, that you don't have, but you want it now for immediate gratification, which ends up causing more financial strain than then having to borrow things for medical and whatever that might be that you shouldn't even be having to borrow money for because you should have been financially stable enough by living simply that you wouldn't be in that situation. Any questions you have about finances, about the future, call Frank. Frank, give your number. You can call us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can uh, contact us online. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Our website is globalsilverinvestors.com, and uh, it's, it's, we've got silver prices a, a year, they're last year's prices. We have physical demand unprecedented, and so, you know, we have a tremendous opportunity now to evangelize for conversion. That's what we're here for. Give us a call. And I'd like to end with what the bishop ended with, which is, first of all, as a community of faith, we must commit ourselves to prayer and fasting and wisdom, this injustice may, actually justice may prevail, and religious liberty be restored. Without God, we can do nothing. With God, nothing is impossible. Second, I would also recommend visiting the United States Bishops Conference website to learn more about the severe assault on religious liberty and how to contact Congress in support of legislation and that would reverse administration's decision. I agree with everything the bishops wrote, except this. We've been praying, we've been fasting, those who follow Our Lady, and everybody should do that to gain wisdom to see what to do. But because we've been doing this for 30 years, actually 27 years here in the mission, and other people connected to Magic Way have been doing it, they see beyond this. We're past the time for con- contacting our Congress. We're passing time to reverse administration's decision. This is gone. It's not going to come to the presidents. Like I said, peace will not come to the presidents. And we're talking about peace here. Because unnatural law passed is unpeace. It's not with God. God is peace. 
So just as now that's being catch on and five years later or 15 years late, this is late. So what are we saying to do now? Change your life. Change the way you live. Get away from the system. Change everything. Change your debt. Get out of debt. That's our battle. The judgment is against us the way we've lived. Christians have the Syrians over them and the Syrian leader over us, just like Israel did when Israel sinned. We've been appointed somebody who is a reprobate and their directors. We can't say this is mortal sin and we've been violated without saying who originated it as not doing this. He's got to be in sin. Do I condemn? No, God judges that. But when it affects my family, my being, our church, our country, we've got the right to call a spade a spade. If it's a diamond, it's a diamond. We're called to be diamonds. We're called to follow the queen. And we're not doing that. And so we are to violate these laws. We're called to do that. Is within the church's teachings, and Pope Benedict called on Spain four or five years ago just to do just that. As far as the adoption, what they were forcing on the church there, he says, you are obligated to defy these laws. We're out of time. This is a lot to reflect on. Am I being strong, being stern? Yes, that's why a lot of people that foretold things or looked at things, and what our lady is showing us, her messages foretell things. That's why our major has resistance. And even within the miserable movement sometimes, or that the people call it the movement because they see it's something that's theirs, they don't like this. Miserable is a phenomenon. It's much bigger than we can know or understand. And it will lead us to a springtime for the church. That's where all this is headed. Do you want to be a part of it? If you do, do as the bishop said, yeah, continue your prayer and fasting. That religious liberty may prevail, but it's going to be restored through us, not through calling Congress. Forget them. Just as Frank just said, the money's the powers that be make the law. You're not going to defeat that. Only Jesus will. And he'll only defeat it when we live righteously. So we have this taped on Wednesday today for tomorrow, which is the second month. And we'll be talking to you tomorrow night or tonight when you hear this. God bless you. And we'll hear from you then or talk to you then. Thank you. We wish you our lady. We love you. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.